This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Wow. Brandon Hawk, also known as Bird Dog, also known as a Wimbledon tennis player at one point, also known as a preacher in Texas at one point, also known as a successful high-end life coach at one point, also known as coaching amazingly influential people such as our mutual friend JP, basically amazing people. Brandon seems to be a professional at surrounding himself with amazing people and making those people more amazing in some way or the other through his perspective or just by actually being in the same energy field. He has a huge heart, and I think that's what a lot of his work is revolved around at this point. And I think that we really get to hear about the breaking normal experience of someone that has gone from someone that used to maybe have more of a function-based identity to more now of a heart-rich surrender and sharing that with others like a like a true preacher and what that means to him. And we really talk about the differences between like money and value and being rich with your bank account versus being rich emotionally and how they're connected and how maybe by tweaking one side of that will tweak the other side of it. Man, and I even got to interview his son right afterwards, so this is special. They've Their family has come to two tribe designs, one in uh, Costa Rica, where actually the previous podcast guest, JP, one of our great mutual friends who actually married Brandon in Santa Cruz, right after one of our tribe designs, and where Dustin Thomas played the music, who's about to come over tonight, potentially, at JP's house here in Austin, where I'm recording this. Man, the... Six degrees of separation. That's Aaron on the side of caution. We're all, we're all connected. We're all connected. And Brandon and I, we share a strong connection with uh, each other and so many amazing people. Stay tuned. You're about to be introduced to a king, not only of a family, but of a, of a culture. People that are rich, yes, by culture reasons, but are also willing to become more rich by uncultural reasons, surrendering to the wisdom of the heart, even regardless of what it looks like with the mind. So y'all ready? Y'all ready? All right, come on. Well, it's time to take the arm floats off. If we want to dive deeper, sometimes we got to let go of what served us at one point. So let's start breaking normal with Brandon Hawk. All right, welcome to life, folks. Um, Brandon Hawk and I was just riffing, like, uh, I would say golden content for about eight to nine minutes, all about how much does it cost to make money, how much does it cost to spend money, how much does it cost to save money, what's the difference between cost and rich and feeling rich versus being rich, numbers versus feelings, and we were, man, we're in the thick of it. We're <laughs> we were dialed in. And I also want everyone to consider that this is why this what this is why this conversation is so important. To me what this conversation is about is that if someone has one of the most monumentous goals in their life, whether it's to produce the perfect podcast, whether it's to make a million dollars, whether it's to have a beautiful family, if they're not enjoying the process of getting there, then what mm. in the heavens is it worth? Oh man. If you can't feel your success, I mean, what are you doing it for? Like we got to be able to feel it. If if you're making a million dollars, but you can only feel a thousand, you really only made a thousand. I, w I want everyone to hear that. Did we press record? 
We did press record. I know I want to double check after that. And I was going to give it a good clap too, just to make sure all technological <laughs> sides are on our side. Boom. <sighs> Thank you for having me on, Daniel. Mm-mm-mm. So the di- the new rich is not only, and I want to give some uh, praise to Tim Ferriss. We were re- we just two days ago. We were at an event that Tim Ferriss was at, mm-hmm. and I think Tim Ferriss is kind of praised as one of the pioneers of the new rich, which is no longer realizing that the only non-renewable resource we arguably have as humans is time. So the most valuable thing that we have is time. So what are you going to do with it? Time is not worth trading money. And money, what is money? Money at this point in the world is just screen numbers moving on a screen. So why would someone trade their most valuable non-renewable source for an illusion of money? And then we, I want to talk about how fun it is to play with the illusion of money. And I want to, I want to just now talk also about the new rich, which is mm-hmm. not only being time rich, but now that we have, now we realize how important time is, what is the best way to make the most value of our time? And yeah. you, I feel like you're pioneering this in your own mm-hmm. life and helping other people do the same. Yeah. I feel like that, uh, um, not selling time, but selling value not making a living, but creating a stream of revenue or a stream of energy. We're moving from the old days of you got to make a living to what? To just a stream of revenue, a stream of energy that is a tool and catalyst for greater freedom. That's where we are. And um, I know that that we have to move. I, I have been moving from trading time to trading value. So what what is my service and product that I deliver? What is it worth to you? Well, it's priceless, Brandon. Okay. So we're no longer trading time. We're talking about priceless, something that they cannot get like this. So who sets the value? I do. So learning to stand behind what is an ex, a reciprocal exchange of value for me to give my energy to them, which is priceless. I set that. And then being able to stand behind that and own that and feel all the feelings that come up with, oh, that's too much, or oh, that's different than what my parents did. That's, uh, you know, that's where the big money is, but let's just move beyond big money. That's where the great feeling of congruence and integrity and coming through for yourself and feeling like a an internal badass because you stood for your heart and what your heart really wanted and and the value that you wanted to 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 play by no matter what other people could think about you and i've been able to do that in a lot of ways i've been able to um yeah i've been able to sell my value and uh yeah i'm very thankful I'm very thankful for Tim Ferriss for the perspective of the four-hour work week. I think I live the six-hour work week right now. I have six hours that I work. Yeah, and I want to also talk about that four-hour work week. If we're doing work that we love, yeah, that is the most valuable use of our time, maybe we want to have a 40-hour work week. Mm-hmm. I think Tim was really driving the point home. There's, there's very your time is so valuable. Make sure you're making the most of it so much. So that only maybe only do four hours of what you don't want to do for a week. But what I'm talking about is like, how do I, I, I want to work and uh, how many hours are in a week? 
24 times 7. Whatever that number is, 128 <laughs> or something like that. I wanted, I'm working a 128-hour work week, and it's because I love – it's not even work. It's what I want to do. So how do I make – the most of when I'm sleeping. That's why I love what Deanna's diving into right now, how to dream. Like my wife, previous podcast, she thinks she does most of her work when she goes to sleep. Mm. How do I make the most out of like cleaning up poop off my animals? How do I make the most of doing things that used to seem challenging? How do I make them create the most value out of doing them for my life? And I think that's when someone finds out what true value is. And then you'll come to a point where like, wow, being in the being in the presence of this person that finds finds riches and cleaning up poop and sleeping and doing all these things, being in the uh, presence of this person is priceless. Yeah. How much does it cost to be with you, Brandon? <laughs> or how much does it cost to be with you, Daniel? Like, yeah. what about for an hour? And recently, just to do a little recap in case we don't put that first part in the show, Brandon, I've known him for a while now, and he's. I, I think you recently launched. Yesterday, you launched a program for nine people where you're charging them ten thousand dollars for ten weeks of coaching and, and one call a week. Right. And you've also charged people up to a quarter million dollars mm -hmm. for what's the... Four calls a month. Four calls a month. Uh-huh. So you're choosing those prices. And, I am. Um, when I, what was coming up for me, if someone else is listening to this and they're a coach or they offer a service, whatever the service is, from massage to teaching someone how to paint or sing to doing just life coaching, I think I'm imagining... What this, the feeling you're talking about and being congruent with it is if someone picks a price that they really believe is their value, say they say, oh, I think $10,000 is what my hour is worth, then all, all the people that are going to say no to them. Is that oh, a yeah. lot of where the scary feelings are coming from that they get to feel in that process? 100%. Uh, it is, let's say you, you make a decision, you're going to do $120,000 for four calls a month and you set that price and there's going to be a lot of people who are used to the Brandon at $50,000. They're going to say, what's happened to Brandon? Who does Brandon think he is, right? So if uh, you limit yourself to other people's opinion of you, um, then you're going to stay at what is accepted. And I know that when you take that elevation, why people, and myself included, why we don't at times take that elevation into higher levels of charging or just opportunities is because of the feelings you have to feel. Taking that jump from what at fifty or sixty to hundred and twenty thousand um, dollars, a lot of feelings come up. A lot of internal things start to happen when people say no. And how do you how someone handles what's going on on the inside of them is key to them elevating uh yeah elevating well i know for me knowing that um yeah i'm uh, making a space for what's happening inside of me is so important um i know that when i'm elevating i'm going to there's going to be all these feels that come up in my body and actually they're signposts for my elevation the terror barrier is one of them. Very few people talk about the terror barrier. Uh, have you ever gotten on a roll? I'm scared of, I've, I've been scared of heights. And my, my best friends took me to Six Flags Over Texas and they got me on the Titan, the largest roller coaster in the world. And we we're going to conquer this fear of heights. And I wanted to do it. But literally the moment I strapped myself in to that little rocket ship, is the moment the terror barrier hit me. 
and I started getting real prideful. Like I'm a grown ass man. I don't need to do this. I don't, I don't even have to prove anything to anybody. I started this whole conversations. Who, who do they think they are forcing me and pressuring me to do, you know, and, and I'm, I want out. I couldn't get, I couldn't get out cause I'm strapped in and, and all you hear is that click, click, click. So we're going up and it's about to happen. But the terror barrier, the terror barrier went off in me. And it really is, how do you handle the terror barrier? Does the terror barrier cause you to abort, or are you going to keep your ass strapped into that little rocket and feel the feels that come up and still continue on? You know, one one of my greatest moments of my life, riding that roller coaster. And the excitement I felt during and after with my best friends giving high fives and conquering something with them. But you know what I want, you know what inside of me was going off? Get the hell out of here. Abort, 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 abort the mission. How you handle the terror barrier will uh, will really determine your elevation in life. So when's the most recent time that you faced the terror barrier? I want to call it a terror barrier. Yeah. <laughs> the barrier. Well, I can tell you this uh, I just did a recent master, this mastermind that I put together, 10 people. Um, yeah, 10 weeks, uh, $10,000, uh, and helping young coaches create a six figure structure for their coaching business. And, um, I'm not the best technologically, but I wanted to do this thing on my own. Like I wanted to, I wanted to, I've never done Zoom myself. I've been on Zoom calls, but I've never done Zoom myself. I did the whole thing from inception to calling these people to setting up Zoom to, uh, yeah, sending out the links and the emails. I did it all, and, and, and that's a big deal for me. And I started getting this terror like, oh, my gosh, this thing, like what happens if I have to troubleshoot what's going on here? Like, this is going to, this is going to completely fall apart. Like, I don't even know, I barely know how to get on here. And I started feeling that terror. I started feeling that terror, like I wanted to abort. Um, yeah. So that was just yesterday. I felt the terror barrier. So how do you keep, because in the roller coaster, you're literally strapped in. So how does one keep themselves strapped in if they're not physically in a roller coaster? And, And that's the decision. And I think the decision that we have to make, and let's just take our life like we're 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 on a we're on a river, and sometimes, and 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 we're in a raft. Like sometimes it's stage one rapid, sometimes it's lazy river, and sometimes it's stage five. The commitment has to be: I'm going to stay in the boat. So many people get on and off the boat depending upon the rapids, and the momentum is lost. The commitment and the decision is, I have to stay, I'm going to stay in the boat. And here's what that takes. A commitment, I call it a commitment to eating your feelings. You got to eat them. You got to, you got the feelings that come up, you got to be willing to not deny them, not suppress them, but to feel them. You have to be willing to feel the terror you have to be willing to feel the sadness. You have to be willing to feel the irresponsible feelings that come up when you're talking about elevation. This is so selfish and irresponsible, and this isn't what my parents would do. And ah, You have to be able to feel that because if you open yourself to that, you also open yourself to the joy, to the bliss, to the, 
deep, deep connection you have through that experience. And I think this hits on what we were talking about earlier, Danimal, which is you can make a million dollars, you can make $10,000, but if all you can feel is a thousand dollars and you made a million, all you made was a thousand. It really comes down to, are you open to feeling everything? And the people that are, I believe, are creating this new connected success. And it, it really is a commitment to be in the boat, a commitment to stay strapped into the boat, no matter the size of the rapids, is really about, are you willing to feel all of your feelings? Yeah, that's a great metaphor. I could see, I, I've actually been in a raft where they invited some people to get out before the big rapid. Like, like if you, and, and your metaphor of the river of life and us being in a raft, I, I'm imagining when someone gets off, they stay there. Oh yeah, it's hard to get back on. If they're like, if they're now, it's one thing to fall into the water and get pulled back mm. in because I think that that's it a whole becomes, nother. It ride. becomes a habit getting out of the boat when you feel the terror barrier. And here's what here's what I know from my own from my own life, and then just also working with people that then you start to demonize the terror barrier. You start to call it wrong and bad, and you start to create all kinds of names for it. And then you create you create all kinds of names for people who are staying locked into the boat as well. Do you have some of those names you can share with us? What's coming up for me is like, I think um, I've had to, I've got to feel a lot of guilt from being successful. Yes, like I, I have stories about. Self, Man, I'll get. Selfish. I've gotten heady. I've gotten heady about like, did, was that copyright music? Should I release that video? Like, did I do the copyright right? Did I give enough credit to Sam with the book Breaking Normal? Do I deserve to like? What if this book keeps growing? Am I going to feel more guilt? Yes. Um. So I, I just that that's one thing I've named it is like, and when I feel really good too, like, was it because of the beer? Was it because of the coffee? Like, why do I, these thoughts? And I and I realize the more that I get to feel everything that comes along with that success, the more I've gotten to also to feel these these little heady. I don't know where they're exactly from. I don't know if they're ancestral patterns. I don't know if it's the environment I grew up in. I don't know if it's the devil. I don't know what it is. But I I I can resonate with you saying that for, in order for me to experience more rapids i've gotten to feel a lot more things that i wasn't necessarily thinking that i was signing up for it it's awesome daniel yeah i mean we have generational and familial emotional bodies right that 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 are passed down to us by our our our, our ancestors and then also our family so we're talking about having to feel generational guilt because you got to think about it right if you're elevating you're at, you're operating at a at a higher vibration. So what's going to happen to those things inside of you that are at a lower vibration? They can't stay in the same room. So they're going to have to emerge. Those thoughts that are at a lower vibration, those feelings that are at a lower vibration. So there's a reason people don't elevate. It's because they don't want to have to feel these lower thoughts and these lower feelings emerge. And they don't know what to do. We do most people do not know what to do with them. They don't know how to flow them or transmute them into greater elevation. And I think that's the work on the planet right now is teaching a generation how to flow the, of the, the feelings and thoughts that come up when they're elevating. 
Okay, okay. So you're, uh, I, we've been talking about the new rich. You even mentioned what I would say is the new poor or maybe the oldest poor as well is limiting someone's success to the opinions of others. I think you mentioned something along that. I was like, man, that sounds like we started the call with new rich. That sounds like a way to be poor is to limit someone's ability to succeed based on the opinions of others. That and, is, that, I mean, I mean, let's just, that's, that's, that is uh, that's poverty at its finest right there. And this is why um, when I've, I remember a story, a quick story, like when we were in Nicaragua and we were, you know, we, you, I recently got to go hunting because your brother-in-law, what an experience. Yeah. But one of the, this has always been an idea for me, like procuring our own foods or getting really real with food. So like at that point I started eating meat again. I've gone off and, off and on different diets and we went to go get an animal for our retreat to kill at the retreat and eat it right there. And my brother, he went to like the the poorest parts of Nicaragua. And I don't know if anyone's ever been to Nicaragua, but Nicaragua, there is some poverty mm-hmm. that would make what some people think is poor is like, oh, that's, wow, that, man, those people that I used to think are poor look rich compared to this. But my brother, he was looking at all these kid, people and the kids, especially in their faces. And I think he told the driver, he was like, man, these people look like they don't have anything and they look so happy. Mm. And he's like, yeah, it's the guy, the driver just nonchalantly responds. He's like, yeah, it's funny. Like the less they have, the less they need. Mm. And they're just rich. They seem rich with play. They seem rich with interaction. They seem rich with connection. It's not about the symbols of wealth that they have. There's something deeper within these oh, children yeah. that are in poverty places that still is rich. I mean, I work with people. My clients are, you know, let's say they make 250 million but if they can like i said earlier if they only feel a thousand dollars of it then they're really think of that gap okay that gap is what they feel and that gap is excruciating between what you make and what you feel and emotional bankruptcy is a thing and to be financially rich and to be emotionally bankrupt maybe is the greatest hell that there is. And I think the new game is getting into congruence with where we really are on an emotional level. And do we have the stones? Do we have the humility to say, you know what? I may make $250 million, but you know what? I feel like I'm eight years old and I feel like I'm, a, uh, I'm worth about $1,000. Those people that step into that level of humility and ownership, they're the new leaders. And also, they're starting a path. They're starting a path back to congruence and connectedness. Yep, yep. So just to paint the metaphor of a bridge gap here, new rich, old, old new poor, old poor, old rich, <laughs> and this, I love the eating our emotions. Yeah. I, I talked about going from different diets Man, I, I want to really focus on this now, especially so maybe we can inspire other people to learn how to eat their emotions. What about that for a diet? Mm. Because you can't eat your money, or you can, but it's not going to be that fulfilling. So how do you eat your emotions, Brandon? Oh, man, that's it's the four A's. And I, I, I hate to do this to get all four A's on you here, but this is the easiest this is the easiest way I know 
to remember how to really uh, eat your inner, eat your emotions, like to stay connected, not suppress, not deny, but to really um, flow and then ultimately transmute, man, all this power that's bubbling up inside of you. And that power, let's just start first, the first day's awareness, just getting aware that as you're elevating, things are happening inside of you. Like, I'm just aware that, whoa, I'm feeling a lot right now. Okay, awesome. First, number one, just get aware. Okay, don't make it bad. Number two, acceptance. Create the safest, most loving space that you can create for what's happening inside of you. For some reason right now, when I, I, I'm here at Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving's coming up, and being around my family, even though I have a good family and you can make all kinds of excuses, but for some reason, I get a big knot in my stomach. Awesome. Own that. Be with it. Create the safest place for it. Do not deny it. Just like, okay, it's there. I'm going to tune in. Number three, after you've created a safe place for it and you said, okay, I'm here, I'm here. I'm here. Who, right? Like I'm here. I'm with you. We we go into number three, which is amplify. Don't run from it. Don't escape it. Don't avoid it. You say, okay, we're going to amplify this energy because remember, all lower emotions or all trauma, all what we've called negative energy or negative emotions, it just all they want is resolution. It's all that they want. Okay. So what you're doing when you amplify, you are, you are taking it through a process of resolution. So it's being stirred up. And usually if it's in your belly, just remember this, that's guilt and shame energy down there. And it's blocking your intuition. So if you're not clear and you're not, if you don't feel guided, it's probably you haven't been flowing your guilt and shame energy that's in your belly. And so amplifying that energy, it can come, it can be like a big knot. It can feel really nauseous. But you then you just follow it, and it's going to go all the way up. Up, 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 I can feel it right now. Just whoo. And you'll feel a massive release, a massive release. And then here's what will happen. You'll feel a clearing, and you'll feel what the great masters have called what the peace that surpasses all understanding. You'll tune into that peace, and you know what's in that peace? Some people call it the void. Some people call it peace. Some people call it uh, the gap. Tune in, because you know what's there? Inspired action. And there will be an impulse. An impulse. It may be, hey, talk to your mom about what's going on inside of you. It may be. Go give your mom a big hug. Remember, we're talking about Thanksgiving. It may be, hey, call a friend. It may be, oh, you need to call this person. They're a potential client. Boom. Inspired action comes up in the clearing, and you follow it. And then you know what it'll lead to? Another inspired action. Another inspired action. Another inspired action. Because you flowed and transmuted the energy. That is how you eat it. Then you start to really get good with it, where when it comes up, you're able to ride it. You're able to be with it, and you're able to take it on stage. Like, you can take it on stage. You can take it into a meeting. You can 
you can see it as just this dormant power that you're able to harness and to, uh, yeah, transmute wherever you want to take it. Uh, I'm at that place right now where I'm learning to transmute the energy and send it, you know, really hold it, really hold it. Rather than um, oftentimes when we feel turbulence in our body, we masturbate the energy. How many of you can relate to um, masturbating the energy when you feel turbulent? It may just be like, uh, you overtalk, you overspeak, you overdo. Laugh at things that are not funny. That's sarcasm comes up. Danimal and I, I mean, after Danimal had his amazing kill, uh, and he, and he, we, we had a party and we, you know, we, we cooked up the, the deer and, 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 and the pig and Daniel really brought home the bacon for his, his family and his tribe. And we got to feast because of, of that. And we got to celebrate and, and it was a very intimate moment. But you could tell because the intimacy was so strong, there were a few people in the circle that had to step into sarcasm because they didn't know how to hold the intimacy that they were feeling inside of them. They didn't know how to hold the feeling. So oftentimes it comes in as as sarcasm, which is fear's version of intimacy. It's an attempted intimacy, but I'm scared. (laughs) There's different ways, right, Daniel? Laughing. you know, over communicating, under communicating. Yeah, I want to be clear. Like the uh, laughing, I, I this is something that I've dealt with a lot because at our events that you've been to multiple now, there's a lot of opportunities to amplify fun, comfortable feelings. So that the, if we're going to speak ultra spiritual terms, so that the snake can rise and the snake can take a bite out of what's next. And that inspired. I, I was like the whole time I was imagining the snake on my shirt as you were saying it's coming up, coming up from the belly. The snake may be getting ready to strike, and when it strikes, whew, that's where that's where the uh, medicines and the poison. That's right. And a lot of people seem to be on the. This is why I want to make sure for someone can maybe get this experience in their if they're in their car right now, if they're taking a walk, or if they're at home with their family. We've talked about eating it. How do we, how do we make sure we don't leak it? And I think leaking it, like you said, scarcasm is a, a very effective way to leak that energy and not get nourishment from it. I've found, I've had a few opportunities just yesterday uh, after you left, after you left uh, that conference with Tim Ferriss and that crew. Yeah, there was questions and answers, and I was like, I was I, at first. I didn't think I had a question. The feeling hit me. I had a question. I was like, oh, and I had all kinds of feelings, and I was getting so high on those feelings. And even someone asked me, he's like, what are you going to ask them? I was like, that's not for you. Mm. I was like, let me let me sit, let me store this up real quick. And uh, that feeling was so a lot. It was a lot, and I could see how easy it could be resort to start telling people what my question is going to be, or or like asking them, "Do you think it's a good good question?" Or starting to laugh and giggle a lot. But instead, I stood there and I was like, I was just getting high on life, getting eating my emotions, and how nourishing that is. I think I think a lot of I've done this. I get an idea from the void and from that place of flowing the energy, and then because that that idea is so alive and so powerful, I can't, I don't hold it and I don't hold it close. And it's like, oh, and I boom, splooge it out. And I splooge it out to people who weren't ready for the idea. And that idea gets poo-pooed on or it gets, you know, it, they don't receive it the same way that I felt it. 
And so it diminishes that idea rather than, no, the most powerful thing you can do is to marinate or pickle in the energy, pickle in the idea, pickle in the vision until it happens. And then what will happen, people will see the manifestation of it. There's nothing better than not splooging the idea, but holding the idea until it manifests and people get to walk in your, it's kind of, yeah, yeah. I even think with with this house that Jenny and I have been able to manifest, it was an idea that we held close, and it was an idea we held close to our heart. And now to have people over to this house and to experience this house, um, because we we pickled in it and we marinated in it until it manifested, and now for people to really be able to feel it and experience it on their own is so powerful. So I I know that's a that's that's a uh, that's a moment that that we we held that vision so close, um, but I've definitely I've definitely leaked out ideas before they're ready to be shared. That reminds me of uh, my understanding of the story of Michael Phelps, who's arguably the greatest Olympian slash athlete ever. I think he uh, he kept his goals a secret to everyone. Even to his main coach, didn't even know what his goals were going into the Beijing Olympics. Wow. And I'm a big belie- I'm a big believer in speaking about the things that we're ready to let go of. Especially like I, I, as our and once again oh, the yeah. events you've been to, it's all about like what don't you want us to know? Let's just get that out of the way. Let's just leak that. Yeah. Let's like leak, leak that old gasoline that's no longer fueling our fire. This is kind of filling up empty space. But. I'm not a big believer in advocating people to tell me their biggest dreams and their biggest desires and their biggest goals. I've had people after our events, they uh, I remember one example specifically, a guy at the end, he's like, I'm going to Costa Rica. I'm going to move to Costa Rica with my girlfriend. I'm going to get a house oceanfront. I'm going to do all, like he had a big claim to fame. And I was like, that is such a good goal that I really wish he didn't tell us. And sure enough, it didn't happen. I felt like he got, he got the, his fix that he was looking for so, by so, telling so, us about so, it. So he masturbated on you. Like that's exactly what I think the good metaphor for masturbation was. Masturbating his energy rather than holding, holding it. it. That's right. I've learned this with my wife. Um, even holding the energy with Jenny, like being able to not have to tell her everything concerning my ideas, my dreams, and my vi- but like really to hold it and to be about it. And um, because I, I realized that I would tell her out of needing her permission and looking for her to affirm me because I wasn't willing to affirm myself. And I think we tell people things because we want their affirmation and we want their permission and we want their encouragement, right? Their encourage instead of being willing to give that to ourself. And so we're really taking from them when we tell them our ideas rather than holding them close. I'm even being convicted right now just talking about this. I'm being convicted in a good way of just like, oh, oh. It's time, it's time to hold that energy even greater. Like, I, I'm just feeling like, okay, let's go. Yeah, one uh, tool, and I want to make sure, just simple tools that anyone can take with them. Uh, try a, a day of silence. Mm. 
it's amazing how much how energized I've felt after a day of silence and all the feelings I got to sit with. Like when I really want, I'm like, oh, even if it was something good or something I was mad about or something I was bad, like something a feeling a lot. Rather than resorting to speaking about it, to consume that energy back on myself and then talk about it maybe the next day, and I and I get so much clarity on it. And, and this is not. None of the, I don't think anything we're saying is a black and white, one size fit all, holy grail rule. But I like these, the subtleties that we're pointing at right now because I think they're huge, so huge that the video that I just released with Davina, um, and the, that, the, hey, wasn't that awesome? Breaking Normal News Flash, episode one, it's called The Flu Season, in quotes. <laughs> when I was shooting that video, first of all, it was definitely from the void you know it was something that i was sitting with and i was like here at jp's house like watching his creativity just every day and seeing how he's doing and i'm like wait i got something something that came through me and that i was supposed to do and even as i was doing it deanna was kind of shitting on the idea a little bit she's like that's 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 so corny like are you serious like i don't know about this shot like i had to main i had to create my own weather Yes. For that video, and all of a sudden, thirty my, minutes my, later, is my done. most my most um, abundant ideas. Let me say that have brought in the most money. I would bet my wife has poo pooed on initially. Okay, she's not an early adopter by by her personality, right? And and but the reason she put those down was because my she she's a feeler. She could feel my need for her permission or affirmation. Um, but I, I, that's so beautiful thinking about like the divine masculine and divine feminine and like, yeah, you're going to drive forward with an idea and maybe you're looking to get your needy feelings met. And she's actually saying no to that. That's what I feel like Deanna was saying no to me. She wasn't saying no to the project. She was saying no to you needing something from her. And I know that for me, that's my new game is not looking to my partner to get things that I'm not willing to give myself. And, and I've done that. Jenny and I have been together for 39 since we were 16 and 17. And I can see that a lot of our relationship, and this, this feels tough to say, but it's true. I've used her for permission. And, uh, even, even, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and and not all the ways, but but man, just looked for her. You know, she's very uh, rational and 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 very detail oriented, and she she makes good de- quote unquote good decisions. And so I I I really like uh, yeah, because I've been afraid of myself and um, stepping into owning myself and not being afraid of the feelings inside of myself is giving me a greater permission to own my inspired actions without needing other people's approval. And it's, it's opening up a lot for me externally because of it. And I feel very powerful in it because I didn't need the world's permission to do it. And that's something I'm breaking through. I I, want to just own right now. I'm breaking through in this season of my life, uh, owning a new level of power, personal power and um, giving myself permission to make mistakes and being willing to handle the feelings that come up with those quote unquote learning opportunities. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's something so beautiful about us 
having such supportive queens in our white in our life, but them not there then even them not being able to once to activate our genius. That's right. That's an inside job. That's an inside personal job. It's almost almost I think uh, synonymous to dying. Mm. You know, everyone dies alone. And I think when that snake rises or that whatever you want to, however you want to think of it, when it's time to eat our emotions, that that's our, own, that's ourselves. We get to do that ourselves. And I think that's the gift, the scary gift of, yes, we're all connected and we all may share the same life force or the same God force in a way, but it's, we still, we're here in these one body. I'm in this right. one body where I get to have this one body and that's my job. That's my joy of being. That's where my joy of being comes from. Jenny and I, Daniel, we've—I mean, we've been together what twenty-three years, and which is wild to even say. But but we've had probably three different marriages, and to your point of death and dying, we have to be willing to let go of the way we've operated in one season. We've got to be willing to let it die. And I know I'm rebirthing, we're rebirthing a new marriage and how we operate with each other 23 years later. And um, yeah, a whole new uh, partner operation system is happening within us that, that we're autonomous, um, not codependent, but interdependent. And, and we hear that language, but to really live that out, to be autonomous, but connected at our root system like the sequoia tree, that has been our transition. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, 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 the death of an old way of operating in a new way is emerging within our marriage, which feels awesome and exciting and expansive and scary and all kinds of cool stuff. And I think that's why the snake is so symbolic in this understanding, because the, in order for the snake to thrive and keep living, it gets to shed the skin. It gets to shed its skin and gets to die of what it's no longer, no longer is. And so take the terror barrier, Danimal. I think when the terror barrier comes up, it's really an opportunity to shed emotional layers, familial and familiar emotional layers, emotional skins. Um, yeah, I would love everyone that that's listening to think about that, right? Like when you're feeling the terror barrier, it is an opportunity to shed a protective skin that you no longer need and, and, and a new skin, trusting that a new beautiful skin is, is, is awaiting and I love your shirt with the snake on it. And I, I love, we both have had experiences with the, with the Kundalini energy in our spine that is so powerful. Yeah. Or the Holy Spirit or yeah, and if the what, snake what, is, whatever we want to call it. If that doesn't resonate, think about, I, I think if in order for an angel to find out it's an angel, in order for an angel to find its wings, it has to jump. Jump into the unknown, and it might feel like you're gonna. It might feel like someone they're gonna die, but that might be when they find out who they really are. Man, what an honor, animal! I, I would love to let everyone know that that's on this podcast. I, I I get the honor to walk out life in a lot of ways with Daniel, and if you're wanting to experience true breaking normal outside of the matrix. 
and someone that lives that out, who's who's been a catalyst for me in my own getting outside of the norm, uh, Daniel lives it out, and I would I would do whatever it takes to get yourself in his atmosphere. If it's a tribe design, if it is a one day experience with Daniel, if it is whatever it is, like do what you got to do to get into his energy because his energy and his essence and his embodiment of breaking normal will rub off on you. It's rubbed off on me. And so I'm very grateful for you, Danimal. Thank you. And I know I know it's not the easiest journey as a pioneer like you are. You know, the one through the wall gets the bloodiest, right? The first one through the wall gets the bloodiest. I know it hasn't been an easy journey. And thank you for stepping out and showing me and my family. I mean, these tribe designs, I've been on two. We've been to Costa Rica and to Montana. And they've been the most amazing experience for my family, uh, a, a time of connection and getting to be a part and my kids getting to be in that atmosphere and that energy, like what families get to do that, right? And, and because of your creation, my family has, has broken outside of the box in so many ways and, and, and also have, we've become more connected. So thank you for being that catalyst in my life. Feels good. Yeah, feels man. good. I'll eat. I'll eat those emotions. Eat Thank those you. Emotions. And I will say how I just want to note of how full, beautiful circle this is because here we are in Amber Sears' office, uh-huh. where those two events that you went to in Costa Rica and Montana, you got to see JP and Amber meet for the first time. Oh yeah. And then you got to see JP propose to Amber, and now we here we are in JP's and Amber's house shooting this podcast. Come I'd on. like to take. A, I know Danimal can take a lot of credit because he facilitated that event that they met at. I got to walk with JP on the last morning of Costa Rica, and I got to dive into his heart about about Amber and what was percolating. And so that was fun. I got I got to ask old JP guys. I can see the sparks. I can see the sparks in you. And so uh, I want to take a little credit for that. I want to take a little a little credit for old JP and Amber. And uh, I'm I'm so thankful for JP and Amber, and so proud of you know uh, our friend JP, who's just like taking over the world and uh, getting to be a part of that. And some of you may not know this. Danimal was a primary catalyst for JP. So uh, Daniel Daniel has a, an ability to spot talent and to launch that talent. And so, uh, yeah, I recognize that gift in you as well. And I, I want to right now, and I know I may be stepping outside of my bounds here, but I'm going to take that liberty anyways. I, I really have a desire to see Daniel... And for the world to experience Daniel at a whole new level, and obviously his your own daddy stuff and different things of man, just choom. I feel like this is your season to really be known and to be seen at a consistent level, and uh, I feel excited about my part to play in 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 just yeah promoting you because you've promoted so many. Yeah, I'm excited about that. We had a nice conversation before this about Brandon uh, being my manager. We had that. We opened that can right before this. So, and on the note of recognizing talent, 
and amplifying it or slingshotting it or however we want to describe that. I get the honor of right next after this, probably a 10 minute break. I might do a polar plunge outside and I get a 10 minute break and I'm going to get to interview your son. Ooh. Oh man. Wow. Talk about deep waters and thank you for uh, seeing that in Austin. And I feel like he's a, uh, yeah, it just feels like he's 14, but he's ready to emerge and he has such a deep desire and he's uh, to, you know, to help people and such a deep wisdom. Uh, and he's a true, you know, one of those indigo type children. When you see, an, you know, you read everything, that's Austin. He's just such a, he's from almost like uh, from another planet almost in a, in a beautiful way. And, and uh, yeah, thank you for seeing his specialness. And that means a lot to me as a dad that you recognize and see the specialness that I see. And I'm excited about the world getting to know my son because uh, I, I am I am well pleased with that boy, not because of his performance, but just because of who he is. I, I am he's a he's a special, special dude. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think part of my, why this, that you're affirming me in my gifts is I believe I, uh, I've judged my judgment so much that I've gotten good at judging. And when I, I know a hot spot when I see one, whether it's a spring, whether it's a, a lake, whether it's a town and whether it's a person. And, um, I like to show, I like to show off hot spots. So Thank you. I'm excited to share that space uh, with Austin right after you. And I realize I want, I think um, my aim is to have 12 of these filmed before I take our next trip to the big Island of Hawaii, which I would love for y'all to consider by the way. Cool. Um, but I think Amber will be my 12th interview right here. So okay. right when she gets back from Thailand, cause there's a really beautiful, an incredibly true story being told here between you, me, JP, Amber, your family, my family, their family, everything that's brewing here. It's a, wow. What a tribe, <laughs> what a tribe design. <laughs> yeah. And, and is, is that coming up the event? Uh, that yeah, that's January third through the sixth. Okay, January third through the sixth, everybody. Big like, Island of Hawaii, tenth tribe design. Get to a tribe design. I've been to two. Like, do whatever you got to do to get there. It is, it's awesome. Like, be ready. Be ready to go deep. Be ready to like feel and connect and uh, like if you're one of those people that want to go deep. And you want to like ugh, unravel in a in a in a safe place? Go there, and and it's it's a place of freedom and connection, an amazing place of freedom and connection, and just some really cool people that facilitate and 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 are a part. So yeah. And to kind of wrap this up, uh, to get ready for Austin, I, I, I know you, I think both of our shared love language is affirmation. I definitely want to affirm you. And by the way, we got a JP made a love language video that we're in that should be coming out. It might already be out by the time this is released. So get ready for that one too. But to affirm you, uh, Brandon, and yeah, for the same, I think a similar gift that I have um, of being able to see pure energy and I also, I want to affirm you in getting others to see their pure energy. You were so good at getting others to see their pure energy that no wonder you have a, a son like Austin and no wonder that you're 
that you're coaching two of my first my first two interviews, uh, JP and Jordan. No, yeah. it's no wonder, and I don't know exactly how you got to that space, but I want to affirm you getting there and doing everything that it took, all the breakthroughs that had to happen. And like I said from the beginning of this, that it doesn't look like you've experienced success where you're looking to slow down. It looks like you're just getting hungry for more. I feel like I've just started. I really do. I feel like I'm just, I am just starting to find a rhythm. And that feels, that feels really good. So, but thank you for seeing that, Danimal. Yeah, I've, I've, there's this, I love hearing it over and over and from different people. They like every overnight success. It was like 10 years in the making, at least before that. <laughs> so uh, if anyone is uh, ready to experience <laughs> their pure energy and have it amplified and be promoted, um, start now, start now and enjoy every moment, yeah. every step of the way. Because if you're not enjoying every step of the way to get to that thousandth mile, or that 10,000th hour, I'm not sure if you're part of the, the true rich. Yeah, man. Feeling is the new wealthy, right? I, th I feel like feeling rich uh, determines if you're rich or not. And if you can't feel or don't allow yourself to feel, it doesn't matter if you make play at Wimbledon or play at the U.S. Open or make $100 million or you're you're going to be relegated to what you can feel. So start now. Start feeling all of it. And uh, when you do hit that hundred million, you'll be able to feel like a hundred million. That's now that's the game. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's starting now. And this now, now is forever. Now is forever. And we all have a clean slate. Just shake it up like the Etch-A-Sketch. Shake it up, <laughs> shake, shake it up and start drawing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Dan. Yeah. Thank you, Brandon. Cool. All right. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Okay, I'm going to make this outro ubiquitous for the first 12 episodes. And it's basically me taking my own advice, walking my talk, and asking for what I want without being attached to getting it. And that's a review on this podcast. A review on the Breaking Normal book, whether it's on Amazon or Audible. For y'all to start Breaking Normal and let me know what it does for you. This is a big expression of my heart and soul. And it's another iteration of self-acceptance through self-expression. And I do believe that what's most personal is most universal. It's a great guiding light for how to communicate with one another. So if this added value to your life, and even if you think it didn't, let me know through a review. And uh, don't forget about the... We're going to be giving away a free tribe design to someone that leaves a review on the podcast. So go to breakingnormal.com and check out the podcast section and uh, be eligible to win. To take action at least putting yourself in a position to win this prize. And maybe this will be a big symbolic step. Like one small step here may take a giant leap for the rest of your life to put yourself in the opportunity to win. Which also puts yourself in the opportunity not to win. Which is... Both are a win, in my opinion. So let's tap into that vibration of winfinity and join us on that journey and keep breaking normal and stay in touch and be sure to ask for what you want without being attached to getting it to the people that would matter the most. And if that's to me, reach out to me. Let's do it. I'm excited to hear about it. Much love to you all. I look forward to exploring this infinite, evolving adventure out loud, authentically, synergistically, alchemically, and in respect to the divine.
God bless.